0: All right, welcome to the Hit Factor. We got everybody on board tonight. We got Sasquatch, uh, we got Jeff, and we got Boomer, and myself, Jeremy. Tonight, we have a special edition that some of you guys, like, we have heard some people that, hey, we really like when y'all just get straight to the point, you just talk about shooting. Well, guess what? Tonight, (laughs) we're not talking about shooting at all. So here's your warning right now. If you just want to check out, that's cool. Otherwise, we thought it might be kind of cool just to kind of do a, uh, you know, everybody's in their off season. What are people doing in their off season just to have fun or what do they do outside of shooting since most of us don't just shoot and that's it. So we're going to start tonight with my good buddy Jeff from the wonderful state of Oklahoma. Everybody loves Oklahoma. It's great. Uh the land of wait, what is like New Mexico is like the land of enchantment? Like what is Oklahoma's like staying saying? The land of meth. <laughs> no,
1: it's not <laughs> the land of meth. <laughs> meth and tigers?
0: <laughs> I actually
1: don't know. I don't know. What is it? What is well, Oklahoma the land the of state? Is that what it is?
2: The, the land kingdom? The land where y'all stole land. Literally.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah. Did. Yeah. All right. So, Jeff, coming at us from the state of thievery. I mean, oh,
1: sooner the st- Sooner state, man.
0: The sooner state. All right. So, so first, Jeff, what do you do for a – like, okay, let's – hold on for you. I got I to back up a thing. So, we've got a podcast. We've got top six – we've got four top 16 shooters. We've got three top 10 shooters. We've got two top three shooters, and we got one – Top two shooter. Uh, <laughs> so it sounds like we got a bunch of professional shooters on the podcast. We really just have one good one, and the rest of us are, aren't very good. Top three and down is, is not good. But, you know, you think you got professional shooters. But the truth is, is that we all got jobs. Well, three of us have jobs, and one of us has a hobby. But so, Jeff, what do you do for, like, a living?
1: Oh, all right. Um, well I work for an electrical co-op. Yeah, so I work in the exciting. engineering department of an electrical co-op. Basically just going over uh engineering designs for people building power to their homes
0: underground, overhead, uh that type of stuff. So are you looking more at like the municipal side or like the private side? Private side. Yeah,
1: so co-ops deal mostly with uh rural, rural areas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we do we do some. uh, There's a lot of pot farms going in right now. So I'm I'm looking at
0: that gets you excited to go into work every day. Is how can I help these people grow more pot? (laughs)
1: Like I don't. This ain't gonna cut it for these people, man. This is (laughs) you need to upgrade. No. Uh, So yeah, there's just a lot of that going in right now. It's actually ridiculous. It's it's every week. There's like a couple warehouses going in. Wow. Around here. Yeah, it's it's freaking crazy, dude. Uh yeah, that's what I do. I work at an electrical co-op. I sit on my butt all day. Uh I did get a stand-up desk though, so now I don't have to sit on my butt all day. I have the option to stand up. So Which you- is actually something that I did with shooting in mind. It's like, man. And just because Jeremy's giving me a hard time about this, going to a match, and I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm like, dang, I'm freaking tired standing up all day. And he's like, blah, 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 blah. You're an idiot. Uh, So (laughs) I wouldn't say that. (laughs) Whatever. So I was like, man, I need to get better at standing up. So I got a stand up desk at work and I try to stand for at least half the day, you know, which I work 10 hour days. So
0: yeah, that seems cool. So okay, so but then other outside of your job, you are you've got like a prison gym, right?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's- yeah, I have like a a shed. <laughs> There's no light. It Has like a solar light that I put in it. It's really dimly <laughs> dimly lit. Uh, it's pretty soggy his, down there.
2: His, his barbells are just uh like yeah uh, stop signs that have been cut off, and then he just <laughs> he just sticks them in cement and lets it dry. Yeah, five my, gallon my buckets. S-
1: my uh my squat rack is made of four by four wood posts.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty primitive, I'm not gonna lie. It's awesome. So, but I mean like you actually kind of like the prisoner, but you're kind of like into the workout stuff. Like that's like that's kind of you like that stuff.
1: Yeah, so I also uh I don't know anybody else that follows bodybuilding. But bodybuilding is a huge sport. Uh, and I, that's like, I mean, it makes sense that you would follow that. Yeah. For a don't, few reasons. don't go any further. Don't go any further. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I keep up with bodybuilding. I, I find it pretty interesting. There's a lot of really great, like, rivalries. And
2: do you just read it for the articles? I mean, I don't really read much, but. Oh, so you just look at <laughs> the pictures. Okay.
1: Yeah, I just stare at pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, but bodybuilding is something that I keep up with. Like, I follow the news and bodybuilding and the big competitions. Uh, It interests me. So, you wouldn't, you couldn't tell by looking at me that I, that I think it's interesting, but.
3: Oh, no, we're not surprised.
0: (laughs) So, like, so right now, I mean, I know a little bit just because, I mean, we, we chat a little bit about trying to stay in shape, but you're, you're a little fluffy right now. I mean, so. Mm -hmm. so that but you've been trying to pack on pack on the weight and so like how's that going like how you feel about that and what's like what like what what are you going to do with that
1: yeah so i'm like full bulk mode right now but also trying to keep it reeled in a little bit so there's like nice things to it in that i feel stronger i have better energy the downsides are yeah you look you don't look as great. Definitely a bit more fluffy. The love handles are a bit more prominent. <laughs> uh, the face is a little rounder, which is why I stopped shaving to try to cover up my round face. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's how that's going. But I, like- I I did it because I was gonna like do a body transformation challenge. A guy I follow on social media owns uh, like a coaching business, a fitness coaching business. And they're going to start a big competition in uh, January, so I was like, "Ah, well, I'll just eat everything I want to eat till January, and then I'll do this body transformation challenge. It'd be fun."
0: So, like, are you still planning on doing that? Yeah. So okay, so everybody, just so we can look forward to Jeff is going to start sharing his progress photos onto the Hit Factor Hit Factor Instagram page, and so we can. See how fat he gets, and then see if he gets shredded or not. Yeah. Hey, we gotta try to appeal to the the women in our audience too. Like, it, dude, I'm this sure is great
1: because there's there was a a good chance that I would like fail, like just drop out. But it's on the podcast now. now. Now I gotta follow through, right?
0: Yeah, it's public now. Yeah, I'm gonna get shredded AF. So, what else you got going on, Jeff?
1: Uh. I got I'm trying to move, trying to get out of this house. Oh, rac- oh wait, that raccoons. reminds me.
0: We need we need an up, update on the raccoons. The raccoons it, nothing's I'm going
1: sorry. on with the raccoons. They they're gone, but my attic is still torn to shreds and I can't get a contractor over here to look at it. So that's that's where I'm at. The raccoons are gone. The majority of the raccoon poop is gone. <laughs> Uh, they like fixed a couple of spots in my drywall. I haven't paid anybody, and I don't know. I can't get anybody over here to give me some information. That's where we're at.
0: Cool. I mean, at least I mean I'm actually a little sad that they're gone. I was kind of hoping that they were going to make a comeback. Yeah, been more entertaining. I hear you. I hear you. Jeff also has a two year old little girl, and. Yeah. Family man, got to take care of all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. Hey, before we move on, I'd like to draw attention to Jeremy's voice. I don't know if <laughs> if if, if, uh, if you listeners notice, but Jeremy suddenly sounds doesn't, a lot more girly. He doesn't sound like Thor anymore. He he sounds more like me. Uh, so yeah, that's
0: that's really sad. I'm, he sounds. Yeah, I can't even. He I can't sounds- even like I try to I try to actually drop it down low and it's not but he sounds like he's twelve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we got a we got a little bit upgrade in our mic and uh got our sample rates at the like the correct rate. I think in the past it was slowing it down, which drops it drops it a bit lower and yeah. I used to sound manly and now I sound more like I look like just this skinny dude. Right. He he sounds
1: he sounds like he looks now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's true.
1: Yeah, so yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to bring attention to that. I felt like that was really important.
0: Yeah, probably. I mean it's fair. Can't argue with it.
1: Uh other than that, yeah, I still hold the gun every day. So I like I get my gun out, do some transition type stuff. Uh, usually not for very long. I got some other stuff that's taking my mental focus right now, but I do try to, in the morning, I still get up super early, uh, get a little bit of gun handling in, stay in my routine so that when it comes to go time, I'm not in shock, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's probably good.
1: Yeah. That's it, man. All right. Who are we diving into next? Jeff, get into Jason's world. All right. It's my favorite world. Boomer world.
0: It is it boomer. is the ultimate boomer world, right? Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so Jason. Uh-huh. Yeah. What are you doing? Get back get up here into the mic. Get uh, in here. What's up? Get get in here. <laughs> All right. Um, so I saw on Instagram today that you were doing some shooting in your house. Yep. Tell me about that. What's going on?
2: Um, I have a bullet trap that'll stop 22 caliber bullets. So I set it up on a, (laughs) I I, I brought in my ladder and set my ladder up and set that up, but I only shot pellets. I I have a little pellet gun that I shot and um, I shot probably, I don't know, 50 rounds maybe. And um, I was just trying to, I don't know, do some shooting. And I didn't want to go outside because it was cold. So, I didn't want to go to the gun range.
3: What was cold in Arkansas today?
2: It was colder than I wanted to go outside and deal with. No, no. What was
3: the temperature?
2: It was colder than I wanted to go outside and deal with. <laughs> okay.
3: So, like 50 degrees?
2: No, because 50 degrees I would have went out there. It was it was about 40. That can be – that's chilly. Yeah. I mean, with the wind blowing, um, I went to a buddy's house uh, about an hour after that. And we were outside. My, I took my dog over there and his dog, and we were just hanging out, and um, it wasn't that bad outside. I was wearing shorts, so um, it wasn't that bad. But I didn't want to, at the time when I took that picture, I didn't want to go outside. So,
1: so you took, uh, you took what, is it Sadie? Sadie. Sadie for a doggy play date? That's what's going on?
2: No, I, I went over to my buddy's house to get a gun, and I took her with me because he's got a dog, and
0: I wanted them to run around and wear each other out. So, wait, what is Sadie? Like, let's, we need to, we need to know more about this dog. Sadie's the best dog in the world. Is it a real dog? (laughs) Yeah, it's a real dog. If you, yeah. What do you need to know? She's the best dog in the world. How much does Sadie weigh? Uh,
2: Sadie weighs about 60 pounds. Okay. That's, that's, I mean, that's at least a dog. Yeah, she's a pit bull. Um, she's got one eye
0: and, um, she's the best dog in the world is that cuz you were shooting pellet guns in the house <laughs> and you, she lost an eye like i no. mean how did to- no so
2: I, I shot one shot and she heard it and it, when it hit the uh, the trap it scared her so she went outside but uh no i and i normally when i do it i leave her outside anyways for that reason and i'm even wearing eye protection when i do it so but uh no she's got one eye cuz she got glaucoma in the other eye and um for dogs glaucoma is a big deal um pretty much ruins the eye because it, it doesn't allow the eye to drain properly yeah and so the pressure went up and it basically ruined her eye and she was in so much pain so we had to had to basically remove
0: it see jason like this he's got this rough boomer exterior <laughs>
3: <laughs> but really
0: he's he's a big old softie oh I'm a big softie yeah for sure like I could see i could see a little glisten on his cheek Coming down, talking about <laughs> oh, talking about oh, his yeah. pup. Dude, I love dude, my dog. There's no dude, that's he's not even hiding it, bro.
1: Like, have you seen his Instagram?
2: It's dude. It's shooting and his dog. Dude, I love that <laughs> dog. I love dogs. What more does a man need? Exactly. Some good bourbon? That's the that is the best dog in
0: the world. <laughs> Better than anybody else's dog.
1: It's Just a
3: fast. good dog.
0: Well, there now we might have to fight. Um, but <laughs> I'm glad you like your dog.
3: The boomer can't fight right now, his shoulder, remember?
0: Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I would totally
2: beat all y'all up, but you know, I've got a bad shoulder, so
3: yeah. He'll
0: so, he'll so catch us when that's done.
2: If I didn't have a dislocated shoulder, I'd beat all y'all up.
3: We're postponing the fight until his dislocated shoulder is healed. Oh, you want to give us a, a shoulder update?
2: Yeah. I'm going to the doctor tomorrow, but I had an MRI, and the MRI basically um said there was a dislocation, and not only was it a dislocation, but um it was an interior dislocation, so the, the humerus popped out, it went forward, and then when it went forward, it kind of came back in and banged up against another part of the shoulder. And when those two parts banged up against each other, uh it created lesions on one one on the humeral head, and then it created um a lesion on the uh labrum. And I believe when I googled all this and found a, a YouTube <laughs> video that explained this location, this exact type of location. So
0: It also tore some stuff. So You're basically an expert in it at this point.
2: I'm an expert in it, and um, I'm going to quit my job tomorrow and become a doctor.
3: (laughs) Sweet. So So. Boomer sent us a screenshot of the doctor's notes on his MRI. And I think Jeremy said, you were dumb about a dirt bike. And I think my reply was, translation, you're old. Quit doing dumb shit. (laughs) So does it matter, though, if you're old? A dislocated yes.
2: shoulder is a dislocated shoulder.
3: Like Oh no, you could you well, can bounce you could bounce back from a lot more when you're well, dude,
0: young. It, it, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on.
3: Wait. What did Jeff tell you what did Jeff how did
0: Jeff describe you a few episodes ago? Awesome. No, that wasn't the words. <laughs> his dad? No. It, he it's me something dad? about old and fat dad. and added I thought that was you. No, <laughs> yeah, that I, was definitely what? Jeff. Oh,
2: that was both of y'all. That's right, because I gotta stab both y'all. You no, that was, 100% right that was a hundred percent. That was just my new shank that I'm gonna stab both y'all with.
0: <laughs> so I think I think crashing a dirt bike, there's a big difference if you're young and and lightweight versus if you're <laughs> if you're a little a little fluffier, maybe, should we say, and and a, a little bit more senior is that experienced, experience. We use those experience. terminology if that works. Well, what I don't understand though was is when I
2: when I when I wrecked that bike my shoulder, I went down on my elbow and it said, this is mostly caused by going out on an outstretched arm, which is exactly what happened. So, (laughs) but it, it hurt. My shoulder did hurt. uh, But not near as bad as my ribs and my sternum did. And for about three weeks, my ribs and sternum hurt really, really bad. And my shoulder had quit hurting probably within the first week. And so after even after everything quit hurting, I had a good month of hard, hardcore practice and shooting with no pain at all. And I was practicing a lot. And then around the beginning of September, my shoulder just started hurting. Um, I mean, it it hurt bad. It hurt very, very bad. Um, And then, of course, all the way through the end of the year, it hurt pretty bad. Now it doesn't hurt because I've taken off since after nationals. I've taken off. I haven't shot any Um, and the only time it hurts is when I move it. <laughs> but prior to that, it hurt. I was just in constant pain. Um, I mean, just bad pain. So I don't know. I go to the doctor tomorrow to see what they think needs to be done. So I'm not really looking forward to that. Cause I do not want to have surgery, but I'm kind
0: of well, thinking surgery okay, so is going to be probably, I got some follow-up questions here.
3: Hold on real quick. I, I can understand his reluctance to have surgery. At his oh, here age, we here and we go. we go. Coronavirus. Here we I would go. definitely be concerned. But <laughs> I want to give you an update. My My grandmother recently had shoulder surgery, also. So you. <laughs> yeah, I know your grandma. It, it, I know her real well. Y'all we <laughs> see each other like sense.
0: the
2: Domino's nights or what? Yeah, yeah. from Dominoes and other things. Big go night. <laughs> other
0: things. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, follow up questions. And I,
2: Jared and I might be drinking. <laughs>
0: nah, just water. So just water. Th- when this when this occurred on the dirt bike, did, were you going off a sweet jump? Hell yeah, it's a sledgehammer, um, man. I was pulling wheelies and
2: all kinds of stuff, man. I was doing doubles, man i had air i was getting air it was okay so basically what really happened to be honest with you i'll tell you the truth. we were competing in a high air competition oh so if you've ever wow. seen one of those it's when you basically go up to a quarter pipe and you, you're trying to get the most air and i was at like 25 feet and when i came down i just didn't hit hit right and uh the bike came out from under me and i went down so
0: damn damn does anybody believe that i believe him i believe him did anybody hey, else hey, th- the real story from- sounds
2: a lot less cool so uh luckily i only had one person there watching it and it's not on and it's not on video
0: did you drop on yourself cool. when you're taking it off the kickstand no <laughs> it's a little cooler than that but not much <laughs> so, so it's, never- it's between that and the the, the half pipe the quarter no, i'll I,
2: I tell you what really happened so we're at my buddy's house. We're messing with, he's got one of these bikes. I had one. Uh, we were messing with him, and we were just cutting and cutting ass as we'd call it, uh, around his yard. And so we're just going around his, basically his house and his yard. And we're just getting on it, trying to just, I don't know, get on it. And, uh, I went around one time and then I came around the other time and I came down this little part and I got on a little too much. And then I tried to, I tried to give a little bit of break and, I did what's called a whiskey throttle and uh, in this process and gave a little too much gas and then that threw me back and then it made me give it more gas. And, um, and then I slammed on the front brake a little too hard and I was going downhill on an incline on grass and um, the front end just basically came out from underneath me because I was too hard on the brake and uh, I had to go down. I had pretty much, I slowed down quite a bit. So, um, but it is it, it in no means cool. Something cool. To Did watch. you endo? No, I didn't endo.
1: Mm-mm.
2: No, it wasn't that. It was just that when you get on the front brake sometimes, and I wasn't near enough up front like I needed to be. I just, I, I was riding it like I knew what I was doing, and I didn't. It's pretty so, much the basic of how it boils down to. Translation
3: um, You grabbed a fistful of front brake and ended up on
2: your ass. Pretty much, but I didn't endo. Um, I was coming, kind of going downhill and turning a little bit, and that front end wheel, front end, just went out from underneath me, um,
0: and I ate shit, and it hurt. Okay, so next question: mm. Does do we still have a motorcycle? No, we had mm. it for about a month after that, um, but I ended
2: up selling it. I was gonna, I had a guy offer me more money than I paid for it, a good amount, and so I was like, "Yep, you can have it." I was gonna go buy another one, and uh, luckily, I talked myself out of another
0: one. So, seems like a decent decision at that point. Yeah, probably smart. I'm not sure how because, me-
2: but, but because I want to ride it like I want to ride it, but I don't have the skill to ride it that way. So, I'm at least smart enough to know that. No, so, and my buddy said, "Oh, you can learn." I said, "Yeah, I can learn, but I don't. I don't have the body uh, physique. I can't go." Yeah, well, no, I can't go through learning a bike, how to ride a bike at over 40 years old, like I want to ride a bike, like I'm 17 now, so.
1: Dude, dirt bike riders are like the most fearless people, I think. And, and they all look old and busted by the time they're 30. And well, like and breaking, breaking bones is a normal thing.
2: It is, and everyone, I've had a couple of motorcycles in the past, and I've always wrecked them, because my uh i always exceed my capabilities so this bike i had this bike i mean i was drag racing this bike the first week i had it and well, this bike was stout this was yeah. not a this was not a weak bike and uh i mean i do we we're getting up we were getting 90 miles an hour and um and it started wobbling at 90 miles an hour so you'd back off it a little bit
3: <laughs> it's it's important to remember and a it bike's gets up to
2: 90 very quick.
3: It's important to remember, a bike's a lot more fun when you're riding it instead of when it's riding you. Mm. This bike was pretty stout.
1: Consensus say. This
2: bike was pretty stout. It was fun, though, but I don't need another motorcycle.
1: I agree. You don't.
2: <laughs> so, anyways. But, yeah. Hopefully, um, I don't know. I, I don't see how I'm not going to have to have Schultz uh, surgery.
1: Well,
0: we'll see. You can give us an update.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll allow
0: it.
2: Yeah, I'm if excited.
1: you do,
0: get it done quick.
1: Yeah, that too.
0: They yeah. talk. Did they talk about it all? What the uh, recovery from surgery would would entail? Nope. I, I that that talk's going to be tomorrow probably, and oh, then okay. uh, co- um, see the doctors don't do anything fast.
2: No, let me let me give you a quick rundown. September, we'll call it first. I went in the doctor said, "Hey, my shoulder's killing me. It is killing me. What happened? Well, I wrecked my motorcycle in June. Okay, let's do X ray." There's no breaks. There's no, I think they said there's no dislocations at the time, but that didn't show that there was a dislocation. So uh, we're going to give you some steroids or, uh, you know, pills. Okay. Well, those didn't do shit. So now we know why he got second. He was doping. Well, hold on a second. Mm -hmm. So I took those. enhancing drugs. Those are about a, I don't know. I took those steroids. Uh, The next week I was like, hey, those didn't do anything. I am in even more pain. Okay, now you need to go see a ortho, the ortho, orthopedic surgeon or orthopedic doctor, whatever. So I went and saw them. You know, everybody's. I think they did an X-ray. Nothing. So everybody's do this exercise: uh, pull, push. You know, they're trying to test. They everybody's thinking it's rotator cuff. None of that hurt. So we, he gives me a shot that's a um, a steroid shot in the shoulder, and it hurt. It, it it cut about half the pain down. Um. But it was a pain. It was pain in a different location. So it, it still they gave it to me in the rotator cuff area that that helped in that area. But it still hurt everything else. So um, about a week or two goes by. I said, hey, I'm still in massive amounts of pain. What's what's the next step? So now we're like in, in October. And so they're saying, hey, go to do physical therapy. So I went to physical therapy up until nationals had two or three more visits after I got back from nationals. And after about eight visits, they're like, okay, that's all the visits you get. And each each visit was do this exercise. And it seemed like it changed every time I went. It was a different exercise to do. And it might have helped a little bit, but not much. It was essentially stretches or lifting a little bit of weight in it, you know, on the shoulder. So I, I do those. They say, keep up with these. And then, you know, I said, okay, well, I kind of kept up with, it, not really, but a little bit contacted the doctor again and said, "Hey, that's not helped. What's the next step?" They said they said an MRI. So now that's where we're at now. I've got an MRI, got the results back, going to go discuss those with the doctor tomorrow. What I imagine will happen is we'll discuss them, they'll say, "Hey, I now need to refer you to the actual surgeon." And so then I have to go see another doctor and then discuss that, which I have to vet that doctor because if it's a doc I I, I don't know, if it's just some doctor that maybe do any kind of surgery on bones i'm probably gonna try to find one that maybe if i if i possibly can specifies in shoulder surgeries so that's where i'm at but my whole point of this is, is you have to see like 30 freaking doctors and nurses and chiropractors not really chiropractors but all this crap before anything gets done
0: so yeah i mean to cut the medical field a little bit of slack, the injury happened in June, and you went in in September? Hey, shut up. <laughs> just It just didn't saying.
2: start hurting until September, bro. What am I supposed to do? Are you supposed, am just, I supposed to go to the doctor after I have an accident? I mean, dude, it's... I mean, you're old.
3: Dude. So I might want to get it checked first out. First of all,
2: you're fucking two years younger than me. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm more than two, I'm okay, pretty sure. four. So shut up. How old are you? Yeah, it doesn't I'm matter. Not, I'm you're 40, right? It doesn't matter. It's the miles, not the years. So yeah, so five years. Uh, but anyways, what are you supposed to <laughs> do when anyways. you have a when you have a motorcycle accident, go to the doctor? No? Yeah. You're your supposed own. to wait till it quit hurting. If it doesn't quit hurting, then you go to the doctor. It quit
3: hurting. Uh, oh no, I, w- I went to the ER last time. The uh the nice police officer and paramedics that showed up insisted that I needed to go to the ER. That's because you're a big sissy. I don't think it was that I think it was tumbling across the asphalt At 70 mile an hour But
2: You're a big sissy (laughs) So anyways That's where I'm at Hopefully we'll we'll see I just don't know how it's going to be anything other than surgery Alright Well you call
1: me Call me if it is I'll come hold your hand Okay
0: Please do that We can do a live podcast as Jason goes Gets his drugs put in and he's going under and hey it'll be great. Not no,
1: none of Jason's family lives around here. He needs me.
3: That's not true. I have family that lives by me. Shut up. Shut up. Oh <laughs> uh, and dude he's so old that he does not know if he's gonna wake up. He'll be like telling us how he's all proud of each of us and everything else too.
0: <laughs> no he won't <laughs> he might he might be proud of one of us, but I doubt he's proud of all three of us. <laughs> See, he's quiet. He's silent. He's not answering that question. <laughs> All
1: right. Off-season Sasquatch.
3: So, uh, so far I have accomplished playing hours of Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like you're, ultimate gamer. your ultimate game of reflexes have heightened?
0: Oh, reflexes are way better.
3: Yeah. Trigger uh,
0: speed's got to be faster too, right?
3: It is. I mean, when me and Boomer came on to record this episode, we were on like level seventy-seven of zombies. So we're doing pretty good. Yeah. What does
0: that even mean? Level seventy-seven of zombies? Like that's pretty high, right?
3: Yeah, it's it's really high. Uh, it's hard. Yeah, that's really high. Uh otherwise so I haven't done much in the way of anything related to shooting. I've kind of just back burnered shooting, taking good time off. Uh, I did dry fire my carry gun a little bit last night because I saw Jeremy post his video of him drawing at four o'clock, like an old boomer. So I'm like curious how my appendix draw looks like when I haven't drew my gun in a year. Did 10 of them. They were sub second. I'm like, yep, good enough. Put the gun away. Uh, I did shoot like 900 and some rounds the other day at work though. Oh Yeah.
0: Were you like aiming at like a proper target or just like through a tunnel?
3: Uh no, it it was on the test fire range, so there was a piece of like white target backer with a big hole in it already. But I was not aiming at anything. I mean I was basically just shooting the gun. You don't do like
0: doubles when you do that. I would think I would do that, but oh, I would no, just no, do no. like doubles the whole time. No,
3: I I shot that in an hour including reloading the mags. Yeah, that seems about right.
0: <laughs> that was all through one gun? Yes. That ha- that gun had to have gotten pretty
3: darn hot. It does. Uh, it was a verification series on a gun. So then, like, once you shoot a set of mags, you, you set the gun down and let it cool off while you reload the mags and then do it again.
0: Okay, wait. So we I, actually, we forgot. We'll have to go back to Boomer, but. So everybody knows that Jared works for CZ can like what is your I assume you're not the CEO.
3: Why would you assume that I don't run the entire company?
0: Well, cuz I just assume that Matt Hopkins is above you. So like maybe you're the assistant CEO.
3: Okay, so everyone gets confused on Matt. Matt is actually just a professional shooter. He does nothing else for the company at all. Huh. <laughs> that's, no. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Matt is Matt, the purchasing. That's Matt what is- he
2: tells us when, when we're not recording, for real.
3: That's what I always tell everybody when they ask what Matt does. But really, Matt is in purchasing, and then I work in sales. So you're a freaking salesman. I am. Have you not heard
2: him on the podcast? Yeah, geez. Constantly shilling the freaking gun. That's right. He's, he can't
1: that turn it true. off. That is true. He's a damn good salesman. Mm-hmm. He never shuts up.
0: <laughs> so, do you get paid? Like, do you like you get paid by? Do you get
3: commission on your sales? Uh, not going to talk about my compensation on the podcast.
0: <laughs> I don't understand that. I don't understand the problem.
3: Uh, it probably would not be good. Of course, you don't understand. What do you, what, what do you do? <laughs> 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 jeremy builds like five guns a year jeremy how much do you make per gun uh well i
0: mean it just depends on the gun mm. my guns basically vary anywhere from five thousand to ten thousand dollars for a gun
3: so a lot of social security checks for your, for your <laughs>
0: customers exactly i mean sometimes they just send the social security check straight to me for like <laughs> a year it's all right, right. do they pay you in war bonds <laughs>
3: Every once in a while, you know, <laughs> you take what you can get. How um, often do they send the gun in that they that they carried in World War One? are like, hey, we want you to go through this.
0: I actually have not had one of those. I would I, I would love to actually get one of those, like in the shop, like just because like something like that's like like a true like historic. Like I, those are kind of special guns to me. Those are kind of special guns, but I've not had one in the shop. Uh, I've I've ha- I've seen like a like a nineteen eighteen Colt. Um, but not like one that was like actually like carried in the, in the war and stuff like that.
3: The, the coolest gun I think I've ever got to shoot was a, a Japanese, uh, light machine gun. That was a bring back from world war two.
0: Holy crap. Yeah. That's, you're not going to top that. I mean, no, unless you get to shoot a tank
3: or something, it, it, you're not going to top that. I would be, I would be surprised if there's more than a handful of these that are like transferable and they private hands in the world. I got the chance to shoot well. That one was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. So you sell stuff for CZ. Are you selling a lot? Like, I assume you're not selling to customers, you're selling to like box stores or agencies or something like that. Is that fair?
3: Uh, I run the Northeast region of the country. So I have like eight or nine states and I handle all the dealers. Okay.
0: Cool. So that's what Jared does for CZ. So, He's not the CEO, and he's not a professional shooter like Matt. So that's no,
3: no, <laughs> definitely not.
0: And he makes so much money, he's ashamed to talk about it on on live air. That's exactly. I mean, I get it. He's a humble guy. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to flex on the pores too much.
3: Really, it's more of a case of demand is so high right now. I don't want people people to feel so bad that they run out and try to buy more CZs today.
0: Yeah, that's actually probably a problem for you guys. Too many people are buying CZs right now.
3: Uh, it's, it's not us, it's just the entire industry. Like everything is sold out. If it shoots nine millimeter, it's backordered right now.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you sell lots of guns and you kill zombies on your TV screen.
3: No, no. I bought a gaming monitor? I was told it would
0: be way better. Wait, is call of duty. Like, so, okay. So I like my last, like, like any sort of like gaming experience was like, NFL Blitz and uh, what was the other one? What was the other one we used to play? I and mean, when it was like uh, n 64, NBA Jam. No, it didn't play NBA Jam. Um, it was there was a sh- well, oh, Tecmo Bowl. Bond 007 that's GoldenEye. Nintendo 64. Goldeneye, yeah. GoldenEye. yes, dude. GoldenEye. I yes. also
3: played that when I was in like I don't know, kindergarten, first grade, somewhere around there. They shut
2: up. No way you're in kindergarten. <laughs> i was in high school playing that game
0: that's okay so so is call of duty like is that like through like xbox like ps4 or is that like uh, a computer all the above
3: so so it's it's modern day so call of duty has clock, uh cross-platform play so you're actually you play with people that have pc xbox playstation you just Wait. you just blew jeremy's mind i i watched it happen
1: guys <laughs> <laughs>
3: Pretty much any device that can play that game, you can can play play with them online. So, it was actually an entire group of us shooters that were playing today. So, um, local guys that were playing with me were Jack Brown. He's a local junior shooter. Uh, Alexis, who's been on the podcast before, and then, of course, Boomer.
2: Wow. Nice. And we were uh... were playing on PS4s. Alexis was on an Xbox, and Jack was on a
0: PC. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So, then why... Why do you need a, how big is your gaming monitor? I, I, see, I kind of sound gay to saying gaming 20, monitor. 27 like, inch.
3: Why is that better than your TV? I don't know. I was told that it was better because it has a higher refresh rate.
2: Yeah. So like, I'm so going to note down here, there's an opt. I've heard people say there's an optimal size and an optimal distance away from it. And then an optimal refresh rate. And uh, the faster it does all that, the faster. And then on top of that the faster you have internet and then the faster your controller is, or, you know, if your controller is plugged into it, all that. supposedly is supposed to
3: help. So So. basically kind of like how we did our new mics for the podcast is somebody that knows a lot more about it than myself said, here's the one you want to buy. So then I bought it. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's usually a good way to go. If you got somebody that's an expert in the field and they say, do this, then do that. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm not doing none of that. i I'm playing on my plasma. And,
3: and that, that's why that's why we've if we had to revive him like 200 times in the last <laughs> game. Yeah. I, I,
2: there's something going on on my end that it's is help not helping me. Uh I refuse to believe <laughs> I refuse to believe and admit that it's me because uh I'm basically the shit. So uh it can't be me. It has to be it has to be my internet or my <laughs> controller or my my TV. Obviously. I, obviously.
3: Could not be anything to do with skill. It's not skill, man. How could this be any different
0: than shooting? <laughs> There's no way that like a geriatrics dude is not like as good as anybody else at video games.
3: Exactly. Let's talk about
2: shooting. Who wants to, talk, who wants to have that conversation?
0: This, this is the episode where we don't talk about shooting.
2: <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't affect me in shooting. I no. mean, this I is not see- any different. This is the same thing. It's just virtual shooting.
3: Okay. Uh, okay. So, if you say so, I mean, whatever yeah, you, you don't tell know, yourself. You
2: don't know anything. You shut up. Just well,
3: keep telling yourself that. Long story short, like as far as video games go, is it's something that they'll only do in the off season because whenever you quit training all the time, you have an absurd amount of extra time. And it's a good way to fill time, especially this time of year where it's. It's basically getting dark by the time I leave the office. It's dark when I get home. It starts getting cold. It's something to entertain yourself for several hours in the house when you don't have anything better to do.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, Sasquatch is a single guy. Okay, we do need to talk about Sasquatch does live with a furry rodent. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure the best way to <laughs> describe Izzy, it.
3: Izzy is a beautiful dog.
0: The problem, okay, the problem is if Izzy got hidden under Sasquatch's beard, you'd never find him. You would her. just
3: think his beard got thicker. Oh, oh, oh. Funny story on that. When I was doing the shooting the other day at work, I had to I sat down for a little bit afterwards and like I moved my mask that I was wearing and a piece of brass fell out of my beard. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> yeah, what? Yes. What? What? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did that make you think, okay, this beard is almost awesome, or maybe I should trim it?
3: So, here's the problem. I was long ago annoyed with having this long of a beard, but I mean, I've grown it so long now, I can't bring myself to shave it. Right.
0: You've grown attached to it.
3: I've grown attached to it. It's been it's been a part of my life for like, I don't know, six months. It's probably one of your longest relationships.
0: Probably is. other Except for Izzy. Except for Izzy, of course. Okay, so what is how how much does Izzy weigh? Uh,
3: she's kind of a fatty. She's probably twenty five pounds. And what is Izzy? Izzy is a cockapoo. Oh my god! How do you like?
0: How do you say that with like a straight face?
3: <laughs> you don't. You you just you just become a a large man, and you have no issue saying that your dog is a cocker spaniel poodle mix. A cockapoo. What? What? What possessed you to go out and purchase
0: a cockapoo?
3: So, growing up, I grew up with uh, cocker spaniels. <laughs> I, I grew up with cocker spaniels, <laughs> and then my uh, my parents. After I was in college, my parents got a a cocker spaniel poodle mix and a Shih Tzu poodle mix. They got a, they got two dogs at the same time. And I've grown really fond to the fact that poodle mixes don't shed, because you don't need two animals
0: in your house that are shedding. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that now you can't
2: blame, but you can't blame that on Izzy. If you had a, if you had a normal dog, you could at least blame it on the dog. That's, that's true. true. Like now you have to be like, that came from my asshole. That <laughs> exactly. big mound of hair.
3: <laughs> really, that's that's the first place you go. Okay. I bet, um, the, I
2: bet it sheds a lot.
3: Well, <laughs> you got to understand that's the first thought in Jason's mind. That you're an asshole. Yes. Uh,
2: th- wait, pits don't pits don't shed, do they? No, nah, she sheds. <laughs> all these. Oh, little, really? All, all these little. Yeah, all this little hair on the on the, the floor. Yeah, would would beg to
0: differ. She sheds. Hey, just so you know, we can't see your floor. Yeah, it don't matter. <laughs> just trust me. Oh my god, is that thing, <laughs> that thing's real? Like it, it just looks like a stuffed animal that my two year old has. Is he basically? Like, actually, looks- it looks less manly than the stuffed animal that my two year old has. It looks like Jared's back.
3: Yeah. Izzy basically looks like a stuffed animal. Izzy's, I've met Izzy. She's a good girl. Does
0: Izzy do any tricks?
3: Uh, she eats. She shits in the yard.
0: <laughs> and she sleeps. That's a perfect dog. Does she have like a pillow next to you? Does she what? Does she have a pillow like the y'all cuddle? <laughs> no. Does she sleep in the bed with you?
3: Of course. To be honest.
0: Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Izzy's a good girl.
3: He's making out with
0: her right now. Of course. No, is. he's not. Izzy's a good dog.
2: I've met her. She's sweet.
3: She is a good pup. She's a she's a rescue. She's a good girl. That's.
0: I'm glad you got a rescue. That's good. That's the only way to do it. You got to get rescues.
2: Exactly. There's too many good dogs in the pound.
3: When when I rescued her, I was actually looking for like a, a lab poodle mix or a golden poodle a golden retriever poodle mix because I wanted something that didn't shed, but I wanted a larger dog. But she came up and she was just, she was a good dog. Yeah.
0: Those are good dogs. So, okay. So you're just, you're going to be gamer mode until shooting season comes around?
3: No, I think uh, I'm actually probably going to start light dry fire next week. Okay. So so I'll, I'll probably, I think instead of doing like two or three times a week, I'll probably actually do like, most days of the week, but I only do like five minutes or so. Just do a few draws and reloads and stuff, and just get comfortable with the gun again. Yeah, and makes sense. I, and then uh, we have a local match next weekend, so as long as the weather's not really bad, I'll shoot it. Uh, but otherwise, all my normally I would still be shooting indoor matches right now, but due to coronavirus, my uh, indoor club is not currently shooting due to. Uh, restrictions for our county.
0: You need to just go take your carry gun to that outdoor match and shoot that.
3: I I was thinking about that. Um, Do that. I probably would, except for my hand size, reloading a a 10 P10C basically results in me pinching my pinky.
0: I mean, you got to work. That's why they dry fire. Work through that stuff. Yeah, but I I don't this really need real world- to... Got to train for the real world. I mean, dude, you got
2: to be able to hike 15 miles with a broken <laughs> rib, go into any room with one gun on the table and dominate. <laughs> so, yeah, ask yeah. Jeremy about all that. Yeah,
3: I, I when it comes to carrying a gun, I figure my uh, 17 plus one rounded capacity in my P10C. It's probably going to be sufficient yeah, the to get the sale-
0: Yeah, okay, let's hear more about the gun. The stinking salesman's got to
3: come out. And, <laughs> okay,
0: we got
3: it. We got well, it. Well, it's actually, it's a completely bone stock P10C with a hinting plus two base pad on it. So I, I figured So not
0: completely bone stock.
3: Nothing else has been changed in the gun. So I figured that either resolves whatever problems have resulted in me needing it, or it simply no- becomes no longer my problem. True. What was that? What was that, Boomer? (laughs) Shut up.
0: (laughs) He's old and, yeah, it happens.
3: All right.
1: (laughs) Mr. Reed, tell us what you're doing other than, I mean,
0: like, yeah, what are you doing? What do you do? Uh, So, I mean, I'm basically just a kept man. Like, my wife is a nurse practitioner, and so I just stay home and play all day seems it seems to work yeah no i so i mean those who don't know i build custom 1911s uh high-end stuff so for me like this whole discussion is i have a problem in that like i can't just kind of do something like i can't like just go kind of have a hobby like it's it's all or nothing for everything and i have lots of interests and that's kind of how I started building guns. Like I can't just like build like like. So my guns, I end up like obsessed over details and stuff, and spend inordinate amount of times trying to get things perfect. And they never are perfect, but you try. And then there's some people who appreciate that, and they'll pay. They'll pay some money. I'm not getting rich on it. I can promise that. Uh, maybe because I have too many other things that I do. But so that's what I do for a living. Cause I build custom 1911s and every once in a while, like a 2011, but not really the competition 2011s, more like carry gun type 2011s. Um, so, so within my other, my other, so then obviously like they're shooting, my other big interest is fly fishing. Like that's, that's my, like that I, I love fly fishing. So I try to take a couple trips a year. Uh, I've got, I've got, places in colorado is only about seven hours uh at least like gunnison's about seven hours and there's some really good fishing on gunnison i've got a buddy who's got a cabin up there so we can kind of take a weekend trip and go up there and fish for like a day and a half and come back if we need to um i love fly fishing and of course again can't do it so like i like you know buying new fly rods and gear i'm always into like looking for that sort of stuff And then of course I had to start tying my own flies. So I spend time like wrapping threads around hooks and hoping that, you know, put some feather on there and some fur on there and hope that I can throw that in some water and fool a fish that I won't eat because you don't eat them now. Like you just catch and release it and then you just throw it back. And that's not that I won't eat fish, but you know, the thing to do with trout most nowadays is catch and release. So people make fun of that. That's fine. You don't eat them. No, it's not that I wouldn't, but so a lot of the fish that I'm chasing often are cutthroat, which is basically the only native trout in the US. That's not totally true on the East Coast. There are some native, there are some brookies that are native, but like your rainbow trout, that's not native anywhere. Um, that's a totally introduced species. And then brown trout, which are also in a lot of waters, those are introduced. Brookies, if you're on the western western slope, uh, those are all introduced. So, cutthroat is the only thing that's that's native, and they're they're often endangered. Um, there are places where the population of them are are, are healthy, but they're often endangered, and so y- you kind of want to do everything you can to catch a fish and let that fish survive as much as possible. Um, and and we're talking just we're talking just specifically trout here. We're not talking steelhead or anything like that. steelhead are also they should mostly all be catch and release. So we can get into steelhead, but they're a totally different game. Um Steelhead's basically like a trout that is like a salmon, but it, it swims, lays its egg, hatches, it swims out to the ocean, stay in the ocean for like four or five years, then it swims like thousand miles up the river and lays eggs again. Hmm. Um, kinda like a salmon does, but uh, so, so yeah, so a lot of, a lot of trout fishing, fly fishing is, is catch and release in native waters where you're trying to catch native fish because you try to do that. You might, every once in a while, you might catch a couple, like sometimes you, you'll, you'll hook a fish real deep in their throat. And so then you're pretty much going to kill them and they're going to have a tough chance of surviving. So at that point, yeah, let's go ahead and keep that one and we'll eat that one. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's catch and release, huh. keep them wet.
1: Yeah interesting
0: so so yeah so fly fishing is is like if i if i was not shooting and doing all that i would not live in texas i would live in colorado or wyoming or montana and i would be fly fishing and maybe like trying to be a guy a fly fishing guide or something like that i love fly fishing it's i don't know it's totally different from it's totally different for me it's totally different from shooting because i can be super intense about it but it's not a competition like, the, like it's not competitive and there is competitive fly fishing, but I, obviously I don't do that.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and so it's, it's kind yeah. of a nice outlet from that standpoint is that it's like, it's just totally just try to be as good as you can at it. Like and you can never be, it is kind of like shooting in that like, there's no like perfect score, like you can always get better at it. And there's always a new challenge that the environment and stuff changes all the time. But fly fishing also takes you like, it's pretty rare that you fly fish in ugly places. Like it's, it mm-hmm. almost always takes you to just beautiful spots and, and you get to be, like a lot of people go to these same spots and they just hike there and they just like sit on a rock and it's, I don't know, it's, you get to interact a lot more with what's going on around you when you're, when you're fishing in my mind. Yeah. So yeah, I love, I love flat fishing.
1: Dude, I, uh, I really share the, the struggle of being all in at whatever you're doing yeah so that's that's kind of one reason that an off season is difficult or almost scares me it's like if i don't touch a gun for a month i will be balls deep into something else and i may not come back uh yeah so i kind of almost have to keep one hand on the gun like I can't, I can't go away or it's, it's like by the time it's, I need to come back. I don't want to come back. Uh, I'm already mentally like I'm invested in something else. Uh, yeah. So that's a, that is yeah, a I get challenge that. with the off season for me.
3: Yeah. So, the, the challenge for me in the off season is just getting completely out of shooting for a little while to focus on other stuff because i'm so deep and devote so much time to it whenever we're shooting during the season of course i also work in the industry so i'm around it thinking about it every day so i i just need something that completely takes my time and attention away from it
0: yeah yeah and that's I mean, you know something like fly fishing like unless i moved i mean i live in the texas panhandle like there's no water around me like we My, my, like the water I drink every day comes from 600 feet down in the ground. Like there's no, I don't get, I don't have water. So fly fishing for me, like doing it 24 seven is not really an option. Like the other thing that I do in the wintertime is I really enjoy snow skiing. So of course I got to get into that and I don't get to go that often. I might get, I might get five or six days on a mountain, but like you can only get so into that and then the snow all melts and and that's that's gone. So that's at least from that standpoint, that's good. Right. Yeah. It's also expensive. Uh, yeah. If you lived, if you lived next to a mountain, you could do it for kind of cheap. But living at again, living in Texas, it's you can only do so much. So, but yeah, got that. Let's see. And then you know, I got other stuff like I just finished building a uh, a bookshelf, a bookcase. Uh, so I've got like a bunch of woodworking projects. I could easily get into like woodworking. Like, I think I could go into that industry and like, I could easily see myself. If the gun, if I got sick of guns, I would, that's what I would go into building like custom furniture and stuff like that. Yeah. So I just finished up a con bookcase and then I've got to make a dining room table. I'm going to make a, I've got the wood and I'm going to make a river table for that, which would be kind of cool. So like I kind of use the off season to kind of get some of those stuff done that i tell my wife oh yeah we'll have a dinner table because right now we eat on a ping pong table that was like my grand it's like a homemade ping pong table my granddad made like 50 years ago or something <sighs> like that nice and that's our that's our dining table so i've been promising my wife yeah i can make us a dinner table it'll be really it'll be really nice when i get it done and so buy some nice wood and still haven't made it
3: you're saying you're primed for beer pong whenever all of us come down for the podcast shoot
0: yeah I mean so I don't drink I don't drink beer but I, like I, I that's my other right now right now I've got into the bourbon which that see this is a problem this whole like get into something and like you get in really deep so some of the listeners will know Bob Crow who's a phenomenal shooter from Colorado We were visiting him and he has a fantastic bourbon collection and he got me like into bourbon. And so now I'm like in the bourbon. I'm like hunting for bourbon. It's like, I mean, it's yeah. So you guys come, y'all can play beer pong and I'll, I'll sip on some bourbon. We're uh, not playing beer pong. We're not playing
2: beer pong. Cause some of us are adult men. So, oh, that's true. Okay, I
0: forgot. old. I'll drink and, your a grown man.
3: I'll drink so. your bourbon either way.
0: Yeah. I no, I don't, I will. Well, I will find some bourbon that you can drink, but I'm not going to get the good bourbon cuz i don't want to see like a whole bottle disappear in a night
3: it's been a long time since i've had an entire bottle in one night
0: well it it still counts if you have two bottles that you drink enough to equivalent <laughs> make the equivalence of a full bottle no but yeah so if anybody's hunting bourbon and like they find some uh if you know bourbon you know your terms if they find some BTAC and they want to like sell me a bottle for a reasonable price i'll i'll be happy to do that you know, anything we, like that is cool. Some Wild Turkey Master's Keep would be good. Uh, is that distilled in Kentucky? Yes, what, that is. What, uh, you're,
3: what you're saying is you will build somebody a custom 2011 limited gun and trade for parts and that bottle of bourbon? Uh,
0: no. <laughs> but I will say, so there, this is what's crazy. So there's some, There's if you guys don't know bourbon, so there's a, uh, there's a line from Buffalo Trace called Pappy Van Winkle and it's pretty much like the most highly sought after bourbon on the planet. This stuff like retails for like 120 to 200 bucks depending on the depending on the the age date. It will sell on secondary for $2500 for a bottle. Like people are insane and stupid what they'll pay for some hmm. some bourbon. But
2: dude, people pay a lot of money for a custom built Kimber so it's not you
0: know, <laughs> that's true. But that's got that's there's yeah, I mean, but I mean, Kimbers are the best of the best. So,
3: okay. Oh, you heard it
1: here. Oh, I got some big news. I mean, y'all won't care, but I'm going to tell you anyway. We don't care. So, I live in like a a fairly small town. This is like uh 20-ish thousand people. And we have our very first brewery going in. I'm super excited about it. Very first.
3: That's a great story. Uh, How many many people are in your
1: town? About 20,000.
3: That's bigger than my hometown.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of smaller towns around here. But there's not a brewery for freaking 60 miles or something like that. So it's awesome. I'm excited about it. Plan on drinking some beer there. Doesn't even matter if it sucks. I'm going to drink it.
0: I feel like you don't care when it comes to that, like, what it tastes like.
3: He's going to get a beer and he's going to be like, oh, my God, it tastes like Bud Light. It's so amazing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Jeff's a hippie. He's a yuppie hippie. (laughs) And uh, he just wants it to be microbrewery. He don't care how bad it it, it
3: tastes. He wants an IPA that tastes like shit so he can be like, this is an IPA.
2: (laughs) Pretty much. Like, bro, it's hoppy. It's so hoppy. (laughs) <laughs> so good i love hoppy beer dude
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> y'all do like such a great job of of uh describing people <laughs> that i have i have been to bars with uh the
3: whole ipa crave hey dude. When, when you're when you're going out to a microbrewery what color beret do you like to wear
2: yeah do you take like a do you take your purse with you or do you just take your like handbag
3: do you do you match your scarf to your beret or your shoes oh a beret that's easy so for
2: real i work with some dudes that that are i want to use a certain word and i'm not going to say it but they are the that wordist, the, that that word is about about beer like oh this ipa you know it's got a really really good hop flavor hoppy flavor to it and you know it's and i'm just like you guys are Nerds, this is beer. Yeah, you, like, you got my number. Yeah,
1: you got my number. You give it to him,
2: dude. You would love them. <laughs> so you guys okay. would be like, oh, this this IPA. You know, it's got it's got some oaky flavor. It was you know, it's it was finished in oak barrels. And oh, I like nerd. talking beer. I just I I just go nerd. Yeah, I'm and then I punch you. them.
0: You would hate the bourbon world, then, dude. It's so stupid. It's not. It is dumb. Just because you don't have a refined palate, I do,
2: I no, no, it's, it's exactly. I, no, no, no. Seriously, I can't stand the taste of it, Jeremy.
1: Jeremy, how long have you been into bourbon?
2: Yeah, refined palate, Mister Refined Palate.
0: Yes, you know, probably at least three months. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Jeremy's that guy that oh, gets no, no, into he, something and then he is an expert immediately. This is, no, and he, I, and he snobs. So do, Jeremy at, goes from drinking wine out of a box to
1: buying. I never had a bottle wine out of a a box. wine.
0: And he's like, you know, this is Napa Valley and uh you know and all that I stuff. I
1: don't actually I don't so,
0: I don't like wine. I, I don't I don't really like wine. I don't really like beer. Uh, <laughs> no, I would I am not I am not I would not claim to be an expert in bourbon at all. No, that like you, you, that, you don't even know what bourbon is for one, because so you're definitely not an expert. That's
3: what has been at Nationals at Nationals I drove Jeremy to like four liquor stores to get a bottle of bourbon. He ends the trip with getting a bottle of like Wild Turkey One Hundred and One. Yeah, when I hear you talk about Wild
2: Turkey, I don't know anything about whiskey or bourbon. But I think the moment you say Wild Turkey, I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's just wild what Tur- I. That's what I think. I'm probably wrong. Maybe Wild Turkey makes like a top shelf bottle. They do. But when I hear Wild Turkey, I'm thinking like, you can stop talking now.
0: See. Okay, so anybody that's listening, that's like if me you saying care- Kimber makes good 1911s. Even their custom okay. shop. if anybody's listening, and you care about you care at all. Wild Turkey is a they are a really good distillery, and they make if they make one of the best values in bourbon. That's their I, that's their rare breed. Like I, that is fantastic bottle.
3: You know what? And it's fairly I, cheap. That Wild Turkey mixed with my coffee tasted really good.
0: <laughs> that's nasty. That sounds horrible. <laughs>
3: that, that first cup of coffee. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Wild Turkey 101 mixes really well with Dr Pepper. I'm just saying. <laughs> so it's not that good if you have to mix it with something. Well no, it's a ch- the the 101 is a cheap bourbon. I mean, it's fine oh. to drink straight. Like, I mean, oh. I prefer most of my bourbon to be straight, but that's a cheap that's a cheap like $21 bourbon. Mm. So it's not an, it's not an expensive one, but Wild Turkey does make a lot of nicer, better bourbons.
3: So I I traditionally drink it straight, but being that we're near Christmas time, everything comes in gift sets. So I bought that bottle of Elijah Craig, Mm -hmm. and it came with a syrup mix for making old fashions. Yeah. Not going to lie. Kind of like them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I prefer it like neat, no water, no ice, no nothing, just straight from the barrel. So straight from the barrel. Oh, my God. All right. So.
1: What what made me think about this and ask this question of how long Jeremy's been into whiskey is <laughs> is uh what 2 2 years ago? No, not even 2 years ago. Last Nationals, not this Nationals, last Nationals in frostproof when yeah. you me and Juanzik drinking whiskey. Yeah. And you know yeah. nothing about whiskey. No, I didn't point. know I didn't know hardly anything. I mean, I don't know no. anything about whiskey. But Huansik was teaching us how to taste whiskey. And it was a fun time. Yeah. And but now, now, somehow, out of nowhere, Jeremy's a whiskey guy.
3: Connoisseur. Connoisseur, if you will. I mean, I did research. Yeah. So the, the other day, I hadn't had a bottle of Whiskey or bourbon at the house for probably like three or four months. So I stopped at the, I stop at the, uh, Hy-Vee and they have a nice liquor section built into the store. I'm like, what about, I just decided I wanted a bottle because I felt like a glass of bourbon. Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to get. So I, I, I called Jeremy. I'm like, hey, what should I get? And he's like, oh, let me see. Like we're FaceTime. I've showed him the shelves. He's like, oh, that bottle's good. That bottle's good. That bottle's good. So, it's like, and he's like, "Which bottle are you gonna get?" I'm like, "I just got these three. I figure one's gotta be all right." It's <laughs> one way to do it. So, this year
2: at nationals, Jer- uh, Jared and I go over to um, another house, and it's um, Lane's house, Hetherington, uh, Wanzik. There was a bunch of people that were staying there at that house, and so we're in the pool, or we're at, in the backyard talking, and um, Wanzik and I are talking and he brings out some, uh, man, I want to say it was scotch. Cause it's, yeah. And so he's like, would you like some scotch? So I was like, yeah, I've never had scotch. Sure. So I try it. He's like, no, 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 no. That's not how you drink it. You got to drink it like <laughs> this. You got to hold it in your mouth. I don't remember exactly how there, yeah. there's, a, there's a process of drinking. Uh-huh. it." Yeah. So I, I've been involved in that too. And it did make a, it, it did probably add a little bit to the flavor of it, but, and and I actually, it was okay. It's not necessarily something I think I would like a lot, but um, I, I, yeah, anyway, so I think that's funny that you know, but, but that's how everything goes. Like, I used to not like coffee, now I love coffee, and I probably don't even like good coffee. You know what I mean? When you think about it, like, there's people out there that would laugh at you for the coffee you drink. Same thing with wine, same thing with whiskey and bourbon. So,
3: okay, in, in fairness, like the quality of coffee does make a difference.
2: Yes, if you're drinking it black, right? And that's the only way, yeah, I drink it. Like that, I don't put anything else in it.
1: You're such a man. Which is I'm not, the I'm same not a with sissy. bourbon,
0: right? Is like it? If, if you're if you yeah, if you're taking bourbon, you're putting it in Dr Pepper, you're making mixed drinks out of it and stuff like that. Then yeah, use the cheaper stuff. Yeah. But if you're gonna drink it neat, you're just gonna drink it straight. Then yeah, the better bourbon is usually gonna be better. I mean, some people like the t- no, just like sense. the cheaper bourbon better, but usually well, the better bourbon has more flavors and more complex flavors.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like, at at work, our our coffee makers at work are all Keurigs. (laughs) So, like, the coffee is mediocre but convenient. Yeah. But it's free, so I'm not going to complain. At home, you grind the beans right before you brew it, and it tastes a lot better. Yeah, I tried all that, grinding the bean,
2: French press, and it was way too much trouble, and now it's all drip. (laughs) And 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 I drink horrible coffee at work because it's just horrible. But you oh, grow to like it. Oh, Jason! If, if you, Jason's if, like, uh, I tell you who you, I think's got good coffee. Well, McDonald's has good coffee, and do Dunkin' Donuts has good Dude, coffee.
1: I I was just gonna make a joke about you drinking
2: fast food coffee and comparing. Dude, <laughs> I got up this morning and drove ten <laughs> minutes out of my way. Dude, I have coffee. I have a I have a coffee maker in my obviously in my kitchen. I was like, nope, I want good coffee. <laughs> I went to Dunkin' Donuts no. and got two two large black coffees because I was like, I want that much coffee.
3: <laughs> no, if you if you're talking if you're just talking like normal drip coffee, both Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's have good drip coffee. Yep. Why
0: not just buy Dunkin' Donuts coffee and I'll tell make you it at your well, house? I'll tell you why.
2: Boomer is it's lazy. never the same. No, no, no. It's never the same. And it grows stale if you don't if you don't use it all. Quickly, quickly. So, this is
0: the guy this guy that's sitting here making fun of me for my bourbon and liking that. And at the same time, he drove, he was at his house, he could make coffee, and yet he drove 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Yep, 20 minutes to go get some Dunkin' Donuts. Jeremy,
1: don't you wish you could drive
0: 20 minutes and get the exact bourbon you wanted? Well, yeah, but like they only make so many bottles of that. It's not like it's it's not like it's coming out of a Dunkin' Donuts with a drip. That'd be awesome if it was. Right, that's
1: what I'm
2: saying.
0: So, I mean, it, there may have also been the fact that
2: there were donuts there too <laughs> that made the trip worthwhile. I mean, I'm not gonna act like I didn't eat a bunch of donuts as well. But um, <laughs> I like I just I like their coffee better. In in the coffee I have, it's uh, it is the Dunkin' Donuts what? brand actually. <laughs> but after. I make a coffee, a pot of coffee a day. Uh, it, it takes me two or three weeks or two weeks to go through a you know a thing, and by that time you're halfway through it. It kind of in my mind it, it's stale now, so like I'm throwing it out. I have to go get some more. So you don't keep it in your freezer? Nope. I should probably maybe, but I don't.
3: So I, I've noticed that when you when you grind the beans fresh before you cook, or before you brew the coffee, like it tastes far better for a lot longer. Yeah.
2: See, but the thing about the grinding is I've looked into that. They say it's all about the grinder and you have to spend a lot of money on a good grinder. These $30 grinders that you buy at Walmart are not good grinders. And the key to grinding coffee, they say, is the the grinder. And then the whole thing about making coffee is if you make it, if the water's too hot, it's not filled. Okay, so if the water's too hot, it burns the beans. And then if the water's not filtered, it doesn't taste right or it doesn't taste as good. And I'm not messing with all that i I drink i'll drink drip coffee
3: (laughs) i make i make pour coffee at the house so yeah so i have a i have an electric kettle and there is a little bit of a science to it you let it cool for a certain amount of time after it turns off yep and the coffee tastes great
2: yep no there's this there's this there's there's, it's it's coffee is like wine and beer and and whiskey you'd be amazed well hold on
3: beer beer is simple yeah if it's beer it's good. If it's free, it's even better. Yep. <laughs> dude, I am going to go to go to KC
1: and and train with uh, Jared so he can make me some coffee next year.
2: So, dude, get this one last thing about coffee. A anytime, friend of mine, buddy, I went over, anytime. I went over to a friend of mine's house and said, Hey, you want some coffee? It's on the stove. I said, Yeah, I went over and got a cup of coffee. And I drank about half of it. And he goes, And I'm thinking, oh, that's a good coffee, you know. But, anyways, he goes, what do you think about the coffee? I go, I went, Not seriously. This is really, really good coffee. And he basically, I boiled it and he went and bought, he bought cheap Walmart ground coffee. It's the great value brand. And he boils it on the stove and he showed me the video on how to do it. And I never could do it right. It didn't taste as good. I think the key was having a gas stove just because the, the heat, the electric stove's not consistent. And um, you, you kind of have to minimize the, or keep the boil. You want to keep the boil to a, just a under rolling versus what you can't do with an electric one anyways um, but that's probably some of the best coffee I've had that wasn't you know from like a really nice coffee shop and then the thing about the coffee shops is you're not used to having that coffee so it doesn't taste good to you you know
3: I, I love uh, my favorite part about this entire episode is going to be that we've basically talked nothing about shooting it, all this other BS that was the point Jared
2: that's the, that point. the point I
3: know
0: it's my favorite part
2: but I don't think anybody I think most people are going to have turned this off a long time ago. That's okay.
0: It doesn't oh, matter. by now that by now they probably have but that's okay. As long as it down as long as it downloaded to begin with. We don't care. Hey, they better be hey, taking notes. We didn't talk about golf yet. Does anybody play golf? No. Yeah, I'll kick your
1: ass I in golf.
0: I will kick your ass in golf. I have Heck played
1: yeah. golf.
3: Have not played Not with that voice exactly you're not going to beat once. anybody in golf. <laughs> I thought the entire point of golf was so you could day drink. That too,
0: I, I mean, you can if you want. I do. I like. I like golf. Is it golf? Is a fun sport. It's can be infuriating. No, I played yesterday and like was just like striping it, and today I was two clubs short. Like I couldn't even yeah. like. It was crazy.
3: Did you go play with your brother?
0: Yeah, actually. So my buddy Jim's got a simulator, so we go like go play indoors, and it's like. It's like the same simulator that like the pros use so it gives you all sorts of data and stuff which is really cool. I actually almost enjoy hitting on the simulator more than actually playing like actual a golf course cuz I get into the numbers and like it shows you like your swing path, like your ball like what it's all doing, what your club face is doing. It's pretty Nerd. cool. Uh it's it's fun. I I actually enjoy all that, but have you been to I made my own I, I made my own putter like, like I, mi- I machined it from a block of steel.
3: Oh, nice! Like, that seems like an, a really huge waste of your time compared to building
0: guns. It was. It's awesome. It's so cool. There ain't no, nobody in the world has a putter like I do. It looks. That doesn't it's mean ballad. anything. I, well, yeah, it does. See, I can I make just, a putter that nobody in the world has. Yeah, but yours would <laughs> suck. <laughs> it would
2: suck. I just, Mine's I, cool. That's exactly
3: what I'm getting at. Here, here's my problem is I know you're going to make I know you're going to make my new front sights for my shadows yeah and I, and I know they're going to be so expensive for a little change compared to regular sights
0: yeah because I don't normally work with the CZ dovetail so like I got to make a jig to hold them which that's going to cost at least we're at least in the hundreds for I the fi- jig
3: I, I figured for like a thousand bucks I'd probably be into both sights
0: I mean, so like we can probably like, yeah, you can. I need to. There's some bottles of some good bottles of bourbon that I want to try and find this year, so that you know, <coughs> but, that'll help. So, since we're talking about this, why? Why is he making you sights? Okay, it, so I want to hear this story.
3: This is we're getting off topic of the podcast, but the point of the podcast was not talk about shooting. But for me, when I shoot iron sights, I, I generally speaking shoot target focus. Okay. It's really easy for the fiber to blossom in the sun and overpower the front sight where I, where it causes me to basically line the gun up incorrectly. Okay. When he makes the front sights, there's a far smaller portion of the fiber that is, uh, attracting light. Right. Okay. So he makes his sights a little different than anything you find on the market. Gotcha. Okay. I like that answer. you're, a cheaper way to do
2: that is to take a sharpie, a black sharpie, and just
0: cover up some of that fiber. So, but whatever.
3: I already do that, and it doesn't do enough for me. Cool.
0: The other, the other thing that so like I take so he's gonna he's gonna take a blank sight, just a total just black blank sight, and he'll shoot it, and he'll tell me what the correction needs to be, and so then I can I can machine it to the exact correction that he needs because he's running fixed rear sights. Um, and then I can also machine it so that the, the fiber is at the top of the front sight. A lot of, a lot of sites that you buy, like the fiber is like thirty thou below yeah. the top of the front site. Right. And so it really kind of screws up. Do you use the top of the front side or do you use the fiber? Like, where is right. it? Where are you aiming? Um, and so being able to control all of that and make it, it, it's a lot nicer.
3: So I am, I am doing something a little different this year. I right. have, a a pair of hinnings fixed rear target sights for my Shadow Twos that I'm going to use. So they'll actually use a little shorter front sight than uh, the standard, but they're also a tighter rear notch. When I have him cut them, they're going to be smaller sights.
0: Cool. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of the kind of the advantage of that. Okay. Hmm. So you said
3: your your sure. fiber like, would you say, it starbursts in the sun? Uh, basically it, so it basically, if it, if it gets too bright, it'll cause me to actually line the side up a little high. So I'll actually shoot slightly high, which isn't an issue until you start talking like a a headshot at like 10 yards or something. Yeah. yeah. And it'll cause me to actually shoot the gun a little bit high. So when I shoot target focus, the gun is actually shooting about three inches high from a front sight focus.
2: I mean, you're going to have that to some degree. He's just going to minimize it. There's no way he can have the Exactly. I mean, the, yeah, it's, okay. It's,
3: it's going to reduce, yeah. It's going to reduce the opportunity for error.
2: I think that's something you should just train for to get past, but that's just me. Why fight your equipment?
3: No, 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 and,
2: and that's that's a great point. No, very Here, very great
3: good point. You you absolutely could. And yeah. here's the thought. I'm switching to a fixed sight with a tighter rear dovetail or with a tighter rear notch. So I have to do different front sights, anyways. Yeah. So there's no reason, there's no reason not to send him a blank and have him cut it to fit what I need.
0: Yeah. I mean, and you don't, you don't leave your, like when it's, you don't leave your, your, uh, dot in your, uh, optic on the brightest setting all the time. I'm guessing. no, no, I don't. Why not? Why don't just train and get used to it's that ex- and then you'll have to um, mess with it. Very good point. So that's, I mean, that's kind of what this, this kind of allows, allows you to, to do. I don't want to train to get used to it. Exactly. No, it's a good point. I mean, I, I, there's
2: times where I'm like, oh, turn that down a little bit. Cause I don't want to. Yeah. I, I, I've heard the same thing. I've even thought the same thing with, with iron sights and the dot is, it's similar. But for me, it was not, I never had that problem. I was able to get past that problem of lining up the dot to the top of the, the, the rear blade. So I got past was, that, but for what what I had the problem was is the dot would get uh, the fiber would get bright and it would draw my attention to it, and then, then you'd be yeah. front sight focused, and so, that's so, what I didn't want, the same thing with the so dot
3: what what I believe happened this year in a couple of matches were it would draw my attention to it when it would get too bright mm-hmm. and it would basically cause me to line the side up of uh, the gun a little bit high which is what would cause to shoot a little bit high, so I'm basically taking steps to minimize that I got you. Cool.
0: All right, guys. That has been... Too long. A heck of a podcast. Hopefully, you guys know a little bit more about us, and it makes you want to, like, know us better and listen more. (laughs) Uh, Because...
3: I think the most important thing someone could take from this is, generally speaking, we're all regular people that do shooting, as something we enjoy doing. It's it's just it's a hobby for us same as it is for our listeners. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And Boomer's old and he doesn't need to be on a dirt bike anymore.
3: Exactly That's right. Fair does anybody enough. does anybody
0: need to be on a dirt bike? I would also, I would contend no. Uh
3: that dirt
0: bikes are dumb, but If
3: if you made it this far through the podcast, you at least deserve to know that next our next podcast after this a drop is gonna be our interview with Travis demossi And I, I think it is probably gonna be one of our best podcasts we've dropped. I mean, Travis is uh definitely very experienced and very interesting to talk to.
0: Yeah, he was he was very open. It was definitely my favorite interview that I was a part of that I've been a part of. So I it was I'm looking it was a
3: lot of fun to talk to. I, I wish yeah. we would have had like three hours to extend that podcast.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he gave us a ton of time, though, so that'll actually be two separate podcasts, which is going to be great. All right, what else? Anything good? No, I'm all done. Nope. all right. See you guys.
3: Stop recording, damn it.